listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 81, covering The Enemy and The Price. Hello, friends. We're back. Friend listeners. Yes, we, I, I call them friends every week, Matt, really. Yeah, I know. Sometimes I don't pick up on it. They're my friends. Okay. And your friends, too. They're our we friends. Haven't had, we haven't had a Harry Mudd reference in a while. That's I miss true. that Harry, guy. Harry Mudd was supposed to come back in Next Gen and the dude died. Yeah, he did die. Thanks yeah. a lot, Harry. Yeah, thanks a lot, um, that guy. No, he that. was supposed to be in that, uh, that episode, the episode with the deep freeze guys. Oh, that's right. 80s guy and, uh, Tex. And where is Tommy? Tommy's mom. Yes, Tom. Tommy mommy. <laughs> She actually was in uh, that, um, on our last supplemental show, I talked about a book by uh, Christopher Bennett, uh, The Buried Age, which was quite yes. good. Yes. Yeah, yeah. She, her character was in another one of his books about the uh, the time cops. Oh, really? The, uh, the D- Department of Temporal Investigations. She is a counselor for them for people who are displaced in time. She's a counselor for people who can't find their son, Tommy. Yes. If you can't find Tommy, talk to this lady. She knows all about Tommy <laughs> grief counseling. No, it's it's cool. She's um, you know, she helps people who are displaced in time and have never, you know, right. like don't know how to deal with the future and all that, and it's very cool. This they is actually Tommy. managed to make her not terrible. Right. This is Tommy, mommy. He's a good mummy. He likes his chin rubbed. <laughs> wow, was that yeah. a uh, mummy mum muggy reference? <laughs> yes. Very nice. Nicely done. So you know how you guys like it when we do. One really good episode and one kind of shitty episode. This is one of those times. Oh, man, was it ever. So hopefully episode 81 will go down in history as one of the better post-atomic horrors because we really loved one and really hated the other. Yep. And the one we loved was mine. (laughs) That is how that normally goes. Listen, I give you first crack pretty much every week. I say, here's our two episodes. Which one do you want? Mm -hmm. It's it's up to you. Luck of the draw. I will not take the blame for this. Um, this week we also have two Seinfeldy uh, titled ones. Uh, we have the enemy and the price. So I just will picturing take... Worf standing at the side of at the side of a pier. Suddenly stands up, runs off. See, I picture Worf as putty wearing the eight ball jacket. Eight ball. <laughs> All right, let me tell you about the enemy. You stole my Jesus pet left. <laughs> this is why you are not going to Stovokor. Ah. All right. Great. Now I'm just picturing Julia uh, Julia Dreyfus with uh, trill spots, and that is hot. Yeah, it is. Let's just ponder that for a moment. Holy shit. Now let's talk about the enemy. All right. All right. So the Enterprise responds to a Romulan distress call on Galorndon Core, which incidentally is a great planet name to say in our horrible Noonian Soon voice. Galorndon <laughs> Core. It's on the Federation side of the neutral zone, which means that the Romulans are actually in violation of treaties and so forth this time. Finally! Picard can be a total douche to someone else in the neutral zone for a change. Riker, Geordi, and Worf are exploring the planet, which is plagued by fog machines, wind noises, and storms of charged particles, which I guess is a new type of rain we haven't discovered in Seattle yet. Eh? Seattle weather joke? Eh? Anyway, Geordi takes a cue from the captain and falls down a hole. Riker and Worf spend the rest of the teaser, maybe 15 seconds, looking for him before deciding that he's nowhere to be found and beam back upstairs with a Romulan survivor. Then Riker yells at O'Brien for a while. Nice displaced anger, Nails. <laughs> On the planet, Geordi uses some of the most badass science tricks ever committed to film to escape from the hole. 
He detects metal ore in the walls using his visor, digs it out, melts it with his phaser, and builds a pair of climbing spikes to pull his way out. Seriously, Jordy has never been cooler. This completely makes up for that weird Leah Brahms stuff from last week. Back on the Enterprise, Crusher actually ignores her kid for a while and tries being a doctor, determining that their Romulan captive will die if he doesn't get some kind of special gunk for his blood. This gunk can only be found in Worf, for some reason. Sure, why not? Worf refuses to give a transfusion to the Romulan and spends the rest of the episode saying no to a procession of increasingly higher-ranked people. Picard ultimately tells him that he can't order him to help the Romulan, but he would be awfully disappointed if he didn't. Oh, so he's that kind of dad. Worf, to his total credit, never backs down and the Romulan dies. On the planet, meanwhile, Geordi is briefly taken prisoner by, but eventually befriends, Centurion Bachra, another Romulan. You ever see the movie Enemy Mine? Yeah, it's like that. Except the part of Dennis Quaid is played by Geordi LaForge, which is ever so much cooler. Using their combined powers of friendship and being able to see things, Geordi and Bachra make it to the Enterprise just before a tense showdown between Picard and Romulan Commander Tomalak escalates further. Picard stares Tomalak down, the day is saved, and I think I just came a little. Yeah, this episode was really that good. Yeah, it was. Holy shit. This just, there was nothing that I could, like, when we get to my good thing, bad thing, I couldn't find a bad thing. It's yeah. so fucking good. No, from the very, from the second that that Jordy fashions these spike things and just crawls out of this hole, it yeah, is completely fucking badass. And badass in a way that a science guy would be. Yeah. He's not a muscle guy. He's not a fighter. He's not a phaser guy. He's He's an engineer, and he engineers mm -hmm. a way out. It's awesome. Like we talk about how like Picard gets like a is getting like a badass moment every week. And he gets one here. Yeah. This is the first real Geordi badass moment. Well, I said this last week. We finally got an episode where Geordi gets something to do and we get two in a row, which is fantastic because yeah. he's a great character, he's a great actor and it's mm -hmm. it's good. First of all, okay, yeah, we see that he's a loser with the ladies, but now it's good that we see some good stuff too. Mhm. Mm so, let's go right into my good thing. My good thing is right. everything. Jordy the science badass, Worf standing his ground, viably threatening Romulans, mm -hmm. Picard doing the whole Kirk stare-down thing with Tomalak. This is one of those quintessential next-gen episodes. They get everything right. There's some really complex moral stuff, but they never manage to lose sight of Gene's usually stifling vision. Because yeah. ultimately, at the end, it's it's about Jordy and this Romulan making friends, which mm -hmm. is very Gene, but not in a bad way. No, and, like, I... When we watched this, I assume, just assumed that any minute now, Gene was going to run downstairs and be all like, you can't have Worf just In not the episode? Yeah. Gene would actually appear on screen. Yeah. Hi, I'm Gene Roddenberry, and I'm not okay with this. Stop it. In, Stop that. Stop it at once. This is in silly. My, in my vision of the future, oh, I... Oh, shut up. <laughs> Everyone rolls their eyes. Here we go. Uh... <laughs> But no, it and, and I you were saying on Memory Alpha it says that Dorn wanted to back wanted Worf to back down at the end too. Yeah. I'm so glad he didn't. Yeah, I, no, he said he was worried that Worf would be viewed as a murderer. No, he's viewed as like this is honor. This is Klingon honor. He says the word, but now yeah. you actually get an idea of what it means. Yeah, like he this these guys killed his family. He is not going to fucking yeah. give give them like a drop of his blood to, to right. save them, and that is friggin' badass. And there's a great scene between him and the dying Romulan where the Romulan realizes Worf can help him. And he's like, I would rather die than, than have your Klingon filth in my veins. In fact, lean closer so I, my last dying action can be strangling your ass. Mm -hmm. Everything about this is badass. There is not yeah. a moment in this episode that isn't totally badass. Yeah. And it really, like, I got a, a real, like, I felt this, this episode... You got really a real boner? Because I did. Yeah, no, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> a boner for you to gnaw on? Yes. 
No, I felt like this episode was a real callback to the sort of classic Romulan episodes of uh, the original series. It really was, like but this... it, it put its own stamp on it, so it didn't feel like a retread either. Yeah, no, like it was. It's it's definitely a TNG episode. You know, yeah. you get that from Picard's like uh, from like Picard uh, and his negotiations with Tomalock, but right. it's still got that 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 uh, that tension to it. Yep, that like the best the best Romulan episodes of original series had. But I think we talked about this before too. I don't know that they could pull off in the eighties and nineties, the same kind of an hour long. Are they going to shoot? Are they not going to shoot? Mm-hmm. It's really only the last act in this, which makes it better because a lot more stuff happens because that's how we tell stories now. Yes. Which works a lot better. Mm-hmm. Uh, my bad thing. Fuck. I don't know. I mean, I guess it didn't really make sense that Worf was the only one who could help a Romulan, but they actually addressed that with a couple lines of dialogue. And that's really all I care about. Mm-hmm. I don't care technically what it means. If there's a good dramatic reason for it and they just address, yeah, we know, that's fine with me. It doesn't have yeah. to make sense. Uh, I do hate that the Romulans had a lot of promise starting with this episode and it kind of fizzles into season four, but that's not really this episode's fault. So, all right, I'll say my bad thing is that every episode isn't this good. <laughs> Seriously, I could not find anything. I tried so hard. It's just every, and it's not even my favorite one. It just, quality-wise, it hits all the right notes. Yep. Uh, what, do you, what do you? What do you? Okay, so my my good thing is just I love Worf in this. I love yes. him. I love him not refusing to back down from his beliefs and a guy dying because of it. And he gets this, a lot of great scenes between, uh, like I said, an uh, escalating parade of people. Like yep. he talks to Riker, he talks to Picard, he talks to Beverly. It's it, there's some and really good stuff there. All three of those scenes are excellent. Yep. Like, because you got Beverly who takes the side of, like, no, this guy is going to die. I am a doctor. I am going to save him. Yeah, and this is the first time I don't hate her, where she's mm-hmm. actually doing some doctor stuff. Like, good. Finally, yes. Yeah. More of this, please. Time. Yep. And Riker's thing is, like, look, you know what the, you know what I'm going to say. You know what the right thing to do is, but I'm not going to, I can't force you to do it. Yeah. And Picard, and Picard is like, look, I am not going to order you to do this. But I am please... asking you. Yeah. We need you to do this, but I won't force you to go against. Yeah, because your as as the Romulan ship is racing toward them, he's like, "This could be an incident. If we have a dead Romulan, this could be it. Like, this yeah. could start a war. If you don't help us, you could be the one that causes the war." Yeah, and Worf is like, "I am literally prepared to go to to go to go to war over this." Well, plus that's not a threat for him. Go to war with Romulans, great, awesome. Let's go. Fuck. It's the Federation, the rest of the Federation, that doesn't yeah. want to. Worf wants that. Yeah, but at the same time, you don't feel you, you don't feel like Worf is acting like irresponsibly or anything. No, he doesn't come off as a dick at all. He comes off as someone who is principled. Yes, like that's the kind of thing where I would normally be watching the episode, and be like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" There's a fucking war on. Give him the damn blood. Yeah, but you get you you get it. But see, this is how you write good conflict. Mm-hmm. You give both sides equally valid reasons. And you put them at odds with each other. They don't have to be evil to be in conflict with each other. I think that's what Gene didn't understand. Yeah. you Worf is totally valid. Picard and Riker and Beverly are totally valid. And they're just at odds. And it yep. makes for good drama. Yeah. So, yeah. Fantastic. Uh, what do you got for a bad thing? Uh, my bad thing is that there was something about Tom Locke's makeup that really bothered me. And I couldn't tell what it was. <laughs> uh, Tom Locke had didn't exactly have pointed ears. He has sort of long ears. He was but, a very strange Romulan. He has wow. a very square-shaped head, too. The thing is, if you look at the actor himself, he's a very strange-looking guy. I think they tried mm-hmm. to Romulan up the wrong kind of face type. Yeah. He just doesn't have the right face for a Romulan. But the acting, like the guy they got to play him, 
is great. And they're kind of setting him up. He comes back a couple more times, and they're setting him up to be sort of Picard's arch nemesis. Mm -hmm. But it never really pays off, and I hate that. Mm -hmm. Because the Romulans were mostly talked about in the original series. They weren't in any of the movies. And we're like, okay, next gen, finally. The Romulans are back. Let's do this. Mm -hmm. And season three, we get them a few more times, and there's some really good episodes. And then it's just kind of like, nah, we don't want to do Romulans anymore. It's like... You know, you know who be a, who's a good Romulan villain? Tasha's weird, weird daughter. Yeah, that's probably why it it fizzled out. That's we'll, much we'll better, right? Eventually, no. no. The answer is no. Thanks. Don't spoil anything for people. <laughs> uh, the thing is, and then when Deep Space Nine gets to it, they just say, you know what? We'll make better Romulans, and we'll call them Cardassians. Yep, and they did. That's essentially the same. Like they're they're you know deeply uh bureaucratic they have mm -hmm. really you know like their government is is crazy orwellian spies on its people kind of you know intricate bureaucracy stuff and they all weird cloak and dagger stuff and it's really cool and it just works better for the Cardassians anyway yep but it's disappointing but <laughs> of course, ds9 also made the romulans kick ass when they did show up that's true too um but tomalak himself i mean the actor's good Mm -hmm. The makeup's a little weird, but the actor's good, and he has a lot of really good scenes with Picard, where they're trying to outguess each other, outbluff each other, and there's just a lot of really great moments. And he holds his own with Patrick Stewart, which is not an easy thing to do. No, it's not. Especially no, is... since they, they, I think they shoot most of those view screen scenes separately, so that's even yeah. harder to do. No, this is exactly what I'm talking about. These scenes, the, the, specifically the scenes between Picard and Tomalak, are the ones that call back to that that tense balance of terror stuff for me. Right. Only Picard is a different kind of negotiator, so you're not just getting the same story. Absolutely. You're getting the same setup, but here's how Picard handles it, which is equally well, but different. Mm -hmm. Don't compare yourself, man. It ain't healthy. <laughs> no, I just, I, every part of it, and the Geordi stuff, the Geordi and Centurion Bakra stuff. Are you familiar with the movie Enemy Mine? I didn't, we didn't actually talk about it. I don't it think so, no. It, you should see it. It's great. Okay. It was made in the 80s. It's Dennis Quaid and uh, Luke Gossett Jr. plays the alien. It's a sci-fi movie, but it could essentially be like a World War II movie because it's basically the story of two soldiers from opposite sides shot down on the same planet and having to survive together. Huh. And it's really good. It's it's a two-hander, basically. Like, I think there's some setup at the beginning and they're rescued at the end or blown up at the end. I don't remember what happens. <laughs> but I'm saying, like... 90% of the movie happens with the two of them in a cave and no other actors and no other sets. Wow. And it's just fantastic. Uh, All right. It's, it's well worth looking at. But I'm pretty sure they were deliberately drawing from that because it's a lot of the same stuff where they don't trust each other at first. I don't think they have the same dynamic where one of them trusts the other and then they have to win. Like, I think they're both mistrustful in the beginning. Yeah. Whereas here you got that great Jordy. He's scared, but he refuses to show it, so he's just doing this sort of sarcastic, jokey thing that he does. Yeah, we got to see the sort of return of season one sar sarcastic Jordy. Well, and it's nice because it, it ties together. It makes mm -hmm. him feel like one whole person instead of he just shifted dramatically. Yeah. That's what he falls back on when he's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Also, I like nice. this episode because it proves it proves that Jordy can make friends with anyone. Yes, he is so likable. He's apparently not fuckable, but nope. he's likable. No, it's it's great, and and seeing him win this guy over, this hardcore yeah. soldier who's just like fuck you, you're my prisoner, and eventually he's like, oh, Jordy's my friend. Yeah, no, I wouldn't fuck him with a stolen dick, but uh, <laughs> best friends forever. Yeah, I I thought briefly there might be some some slash out there somewhere uh, of Jordy and Centurion Bakra, and now I don't know because Jordy <laughs> Jordy don't shiv. <laughs> he balls nasty. Uh, 
No, it's it's fantastic. It's just a great, you know, two guys have to put aside their differences and become friends thing. And that's, yeah. again, very Gene, but in a good way. Yeah, it's, it's actually really nice. Like, this episode shows, like, two people coming together to sort of overcome adversity and kind of almost the opposite of that. Yeah. Like, and, one of these guys is is willing to overcome, like, you know, being at war forever, and the other one is just not. Yep. And it's it's a good character piece, and it's one of the only times I can think of where, first of all, the A story and the B story are related. Mm-hmm. But second of all, that they're connected like that thematically. Yeah. That they're, they're about the same thing and not just different parts of the same plot, but actually exploring. Like, they're, it's a really good look at Worf, and it's a really good look at Geordi. Mm-hmm. It's just, oh God, I love this! I want to watch it again. Can we just do All that? Right. Can we just turn off the All recording? All right, so and go we'll, watch we'll be skipping my episode and watching this episode again. Hey, that would be fine, and then you could do a summary of it because that would oh, be boy. better than than what we have. <laughs> really, though, I mean, you know, I know we're here to say funny stuff, and it, this is going to happen when we just get these amazing episodes. It's going to happen through season three for me, mm-hmm. and and off and on through the rest of next gen, and it's going to happen through most of DS Nine. I just, I love it. I, I don't have a lot bad to say. <laughs> I mean, I, I pointed out all the, the goofy stuff in my summary. They didn't look for Geordi very long. No. That was a thing. Riker yells at O'Brien. Riker's really angry through the first part of We Can't Find Geordi, which is pretty he, great. He is, but I to- it's totally understandable. No, it's in character, but it's still kind of funny. Yeah. It's a, he fucking lost Geordi. Yeah. And he knows he Jordy? did. He's blaming himself. Yeah. No, it's it's fantastic. Um, Wesley kind of half-assed contributed to saving the day, and that wasn't even annoying. Nope. I think just about everyone has something to do. I think Data and Troy don't do much, but everyone else kind of throws, you know, kicks in something. No, actually, uh, I was reading, uh, Marina Sirtis, uh was supposed to actually have, in an early draft of this, she was supposed to have been on the planet too, and they dropped her. I think that's probably better. I think it might have been an interesting, it would have been a different episode is all. Yeah, no, it definitely, it definitely would have suffered for having two Starfleet guys down I- there. I don't know that it would have suffered. I just don't think you would have gotten the Jordy and Bakra thing. I think you would have gotten Jordy and Troy bonding, which might have been cool in a different way. I just, like, my whole thing is that, with, is that, like, you have two Starfleet guys down there and suddenly, like, you don't, like, the Romulan's no longer a threatening presence. He's outnumbered right. even if he's got I, a gun. Against the blind guy and a chick who can't do anything? I don't know. No, no, I, that, that numbers thing still doesn't do it for me. Fair enough. All right. Uh, so anything else? Are we ready to press on to? Uh, I think you can just the marble ride. All right, my quote is just uh, Jordy being cute at uh, at Bakra. A Romulan ship will arrive shortly. You will accompany me on board. I don't think so. See, we heard your message too, and well, the fleet's in, Commodore. Sky's full of Federation ships. You're lying. I never lie when I've got sand in my shoes, Commodore. And that's it. There, there's a lot of like, nice Jordy laugh lines. And I almost went with some of Worf's, like, badass, you know. There's mm-hmm. a bit where, you know, he'll die if you don't da-da-da-da-da. Nice long pause, then he will die. Yeah. It's awesome. Fucking, yeah. I almost went with that. But I just, Jordy was so funny, I wanted to go with one of those. Yeah, and in his defense, he did have quite a lot of sand in his boot. There was. There was a whole lot of sand. Yeah. You get a nice cut of him pouring that and dumping that boot, and Jesus Christ, if there's not a lot of sand in there. I'm pretty sure there was a time cut. I'm pretty sure they cut away, and they cut back, and he was still dumping his, his yep. uh, sand out. All right, Matt, we can't put it off any longer. All right. You got to talk about the price. All right, so the Enterprise arrives at some planet of brace-faced people who have apparently <clears throat> discovered a stable wormhole to the Gamma Quadrant. No, this isn't an early preview for DS9. I wish. 
Instead, we get tense, I mean, extremely dull negotiations over who gets rights to this thing so that they can be the first to open up trading with the Gamma Quadrant and get the Dominion War started early. All sorts of people are bidding on the wormhole. The Ferengi, the giant tree people, the Federation, here represented by Ace Negotiator and King of the Mexican Drug Cartels, Mendoza! And the Chris alien from the Chris planet, represented by smugging Von Dushington III. One of those bland, boring white guys that Troy is forever falling in love with. So it comes as no shock to anyone when she falls in love with his dull ass. Because Troy falls in love at the drop of a hat. Any hat. <laughs> Mendoza is poisoned by an exploding salmon puff sent over by the Ferengi, and so Riker must now serve as chief negotiator for the Federation. He and Smuggy go back and forth negotiating and blah, blah, blah. Forget all that. Here's an extended sequence of Troy and Beverly working out wearing tights. <laughs> Meanwhile, Jordy and Data take a shuttle through the wormhole and are followed by some Ferengi who are mad that they didn't get to go too. Upon arriving, they discover that the wormhole does not in fact lead to the awesome and interesting Gamma Quadrant, but instead the boring, repetitive, overusing the Borg Delta Quadrant. They beat Cheeks for home, leaving the Ferengi to ponder an eternity of sitting in a damp Ferengi shuttlecraft. Back on the ship, the head Ferengi guy threatens the wormhole by shooting missiles at it, basically the equivalent of threatening a well by throwing rocks down it, and Deanna, pissed at Smuggy because he's just, just awful, reveals to everyone that he's a little, that he, he's a little bit Vedazoid. Data and Jordy return from the wormhole and reveal that it's a dud, and everyone goes home irritated and disappointed. Except me. I go back to watch this workout sequence again. <laughs> yes, you did fixate on the on the workout sequence. Look, if I, there's one thing I enjoy, it's those two in tights. Holy it's, shit. It's those two scissoring. Yeah. In into the dance studio or wherever the hell it is they are. Yeah, apparently uh apparently there's a ballet studio on the Enterprise. Yeah, why for not? All the, for all the ballet recitals Data puts on. I think that was one of the conditions of Beverly coming back. Well I'll come back, but only if you turn one of the rooms into a dance studio. <laughs> Very well. Alright. I totally lost my shit again. <laughs> this was the only good... I, I'm actually going to change my good thing when we get to it in a sec. <laughs> Shooting a missile at the wormhole. Jesus Christ. <laughs> They're firing bullets at a hole. Captain, he's shooting, he's shooting the wormhole with missiles. Oh, no. So, <laughs> will, will that affect it at all? No. No. No, Not, but the red alert really. is set to, to tell you stuff like this, so I thought you should know. All right. Probably best you be informed. Oh, well. Uh, noted. I guess they could maybe hit our guys. Yeah, that would be bad. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, why don't you go into your good thing, bad thing first? All right. There's a germ of a good idea here. I like the... It's the whole space sci-fi politics thing again. I sure. like the idea of having all these guys negotiating over this thing. Well, and, um, they, and they sidestepped the whole um, money thing nicely by, by negotiating in resources. Yeah, exactly. You can have this stuff we mined off our planet, and you can have rights to these shipping things. Mm -hmm. And they made it plausible without giving up on Gene's stupid we-don't-have-any-money thing. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's not nearly as interesting as it could be. Well, no. Uh, also, you know, seriously, Deanna and Beverly in tights doing sexy workouts. Yeah. Clearly, Star Trek got that letter I sent. You sent back in time. <laughs> yes. Dear right. Star Trek... I am from the future. Please put your ladies in tights. And have them press their vaginas against each other. <laughs> your friend in time, Matt Robotham. Matt Robotham. Uh, and your bad thing, as if you could only pick one. I hate Smuggy so much. Oh, God. 
every scene he's in, he's just completely infuriating. He's this wonderful, perfect blend of blend of dull blandness and self-centered jerkery, and I just want to punch him in the face. Troy keeps falling for guys like this. What is wrong with her? We uh, we realize she really has a type, and that type is the most boring white guy possible. I would like a white bread sandwich on mayonnaise, please. <laughs> God. And he just, he's, uh, everything about him. I, I, we, we had a little debate, uh, if he was douchier than the outrageous Okana, and I believe we came to a consensus that yes, in fact, he is. Yes. It's, it's that bad. The outrageous Okana was much more irritating, but this guy was just so pleased with himself. Yep. So let's, I, I have something I wanted to say, but I'll do it via my bad thing. My good thing is there was that one giant alien that you, you called from the tree people. Yeah, he looked like he was made of bark. He, he looked like, I mean, he had sort of Klingon-y, ridgy forehead, but different enough that it didn't look like a Klingon. And the dude, either they use stilts or he's just a very tall guy, but he's like eight feet tall mm-hmm. and just very cool. And I like when aliens look different. I like when they're, yeah. you know, clearly like the, the brace face chick, as you called her, mm-hmm. hardly any effort at all. But this dude looked no. awesome. That's No, it was all, it's I cool. Say. He had like a weird head. He had uh, yep. like three fingers. Yep. No, it was great, and I, mm. I, did, I meant to check. Did, did Tiny Ron play him? Because he usually plays. Tiny Ron? No, what is his name? Deep, Deep, Deep Roy. Tiny Roy. No, because he's tall. Is that that guy, is, that guy is small. Is he? Yeah. I'm confused. Who am I thinking of? I don't know. Are you There's thinking of, There's a dude like... who plays enormously tall guys. Are you thinking of the giant from Twin Peaks? No, that's, uh, I know who that guy is, and that's not who I'm thinking of. No, never yeah. mind. Let's, let's move on. No, Deep Roy's a little person. Is he? Yeah. What am I thinking? He was uh, uh, Scotty's sidekick in New Trek. Oh, so he was. All right. I'm thinking of somebody else, and I'll probably think of it after we turn off the microphones. Oh, good. Okay. My bad thing. I don't get Troy at all when it comes to this kind of thing. This dude comes on board, talks to her for 30 seconds, and he's already got his fingers in her hair. She looks very uncomfortable. Like he's like, we thought it was a mind rave episode. But no, this is just her being won over, apparently. Yeah. Looking uncomfortable and just letting men touch her and then going to bed with them. Like, seriously, he yeah. just starts, like, running his fingers through her hair and, like... like On the their first, first thing date. He, like, the first thing he does is just start running his hands all over, yeah. all over her. Now, look, if they'd been dating for a little while, if some time had passed, if they, you know, had dinner and then later in the evening, something like that, that's fine. But it was literally the first thing he did when they were alone. Mm-hmm. And it was just creepy as fuck. And the way Sirtis plays it, and I don't know if she's being directed like this or if it's just her acting, but she plays it like she's being victimized. Like, yeah. she's uncomfortable and wishes he would stop, but then they're actually sleeping together and she has a choice. So mm-hmm. she likes it, I guess. Yeah, it's like all she, like her body language and her dialogue are completely opposite to each other. Like yeah. she looks really um, uncomfortable. But then when she's in the scene with Be- with Beverly, she's just like, oh, I'm so in love. Yeah. What, isn't it great that crazy passion that you get into? It's crazy passion. That's not what I saw. And no. the thing is, I know this chick knows how to act. I know it. I've seen it happen. I've saw it happen. It has happened. But <laughs> it doesn't. It Here, it, uh, she just looks like, I don't know. I don't. I, people throw the word rape around for a cheap laugh, and I don't mean that. But it looks no. like she's being taken advantage of. Let's say that. Yeah, there's definitely like a like a sexual harassment thing going on here. Yeah, that I'm not it's super stronger than with. sexual harassment, but it's not a full on like rape vibe. But it's definitely no. a you're uncomfortably close to me. Please stop touching me. The guy, the guy is just sleazy. He's a sleaze yeah. bag. No, the, the word smug is the best word of all for him. 
the thing is, I do like, like, there's some good plot points of him negotiating. And mm-hmm. had it been a better actor and had the character been written better, he did some pretty clever stuff turning people against each other and so yep. forth. But it just doesn't matter. Like, I just wanted him to go away. I, I, I feel like they were trying to make him into sort of like a like a roguish character, and that's why she was supposed to be into him. But he just comes off as like a car salesman. Yep. And the the clothes he was in didn't help because he was wearing very sort of seersuckery, gross, yep. you know, <laughs> hey, look at me. I can put you in this today. Da, 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 da. You know what the Enterprise needs is a genuine automated six-car monorail. <laughs> he needed one of those Lyle Landley hats. Yes. Then he would have been okay. I've sold wormholes to Ogdenfell and North Haverbrook. <laughs> The idea of a wormhole is actually very cool. I mean, and obviously they'll come back to that in Deep Space Nine. Yeah, which is why they built a series around it. What's that? Which is why they built a series around it. Right. The idea of of a shortcut to a distant part of the galaxy is cool, and it opens up a whole area that we haven't been to, so we don't have to keep running into Romulans and Klingons and so forth. Mm -hmm. But uh, I don't know. And I like that it's not stable, that it, it opens up, oops, Delta Quadrant. Oh, we better get out of here. Well, I mean, that's the whole point is that they talk about how they've ne- there's never been a stable wormhole before. And if they right. can get one, like this instantaneous travel to yeah. like a distant point in the galaxy, that's a huge deal. That's Yeah, absolutely. And of and course I like, it is. Again, I, that's the point I, of DS9. I like, that, I like that Star Trek science sort of stays consistent and the only stable wormhole ends up being controlled by a higher intelligence. Yeah, exactly. Which I think is kind of cool. Like, they, mm-hmm. they don't go back on that. It is hard to find one of those. But, um... I don't, I don't know. I just, I like the idea. I like the, like, I wish they could have played up the creepiness of being dumped a million miles from home and being stranded instead of it being, ha ha, the Ferengi are stuck. Yep. I think that could have been cool. Yeah, that, like, that. they never treat that as an act- as anything sort of worrying just because Data and Geordi yep. know they can get back home and we don't, we never see the Ferengi after they get ditched. Although we get a great shot, a great reaction shot from them. Yeah. Well, that may end up being our cover art. I may not end up going with your uh, with your your <laughs> suggestion that we use data or uh, Troy and uh, Beverly working well, out. Yes. Well, look, one or the other, I'm fine. Or maybe I'll whether it's girl, them whether it's hot ladies in tights or a Ferengi doing the Doc Brown's oily rags catching fire look. <laughs> what, it, they're both good, as it is known. Now let's talk about the Ferengi a little. They're a little better here. This I is think, de- this is the best we've seen the Ferengi. I, I think feel the like. show has realized, okay, they're not threatening. We we fucked up. They're mm-hmm. not threatening at all. They're kind of goofy. Let's just run with that. Yeah, and there's a couple of genuine laughs there. Yeah, no, they're the Ferengi went through like a very small arc. I feel mm-hmm. like in TNG that you can see if you're the kind of person who will make stuff up to make <laughs> the show work better. Yeah, there's which no we arc. Are. They just corrected themselves and said, "Yeah, these guys aren't scary. We better do something else." Yeah, or we get like we get like the the crew being all like terrified of them, meeting them, mm-hmm. meeting them a couple of times and realizing, yeah, these guys aren't actually that intimidating. They're kind of stupid. And there's a nice retcon in the extended universe that says that the, they deliberately were trying to put out rumors that they were scary as mm-hmm. propaganda, and it failed. Yes, which but, I like. But that yeah, that explains why early season one they're like, ooh, the Ferengi. These guys are supposed to be terrifying. They and then eat you see people. them. Oh no, never mind. Laser whips, huh? Yeah, I, I only one only one of the three guys crouched. That's true. Gradually, they're they're weeding out the crouchers. Mm-hmm. Eventually, they won't crouch anymore, and that'll be nice. There'll be no crouching at all. Right. Uh, but yeah, so they were they were better. They weren't great, yes. but they were better. 
No, and they had like some actual like moments that uh, like I, there were some yeah. moments I actually enjoyed from them. Yeah, there were a couple of laughs and a couple of legitimate. The bit where uh, the be- the bit where the Damon's demanding Picard get him a chair. Right, demanding that his Klingon servant get him a chair. Yes, that was pretty good. And you can have my chair. Which is just Jeez. Picard's <laughs> cue to walk. Well, yep. that means I have to leave then. I don't have a chair anymore. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs> Nails, you got this. God <laughs> Nails, damn it. I'm a lot of really I? clumsy uh, Riker poker metaphors. Oh, yeah. I like the whole Riker poker thing, but really, it, too much. Don't call it out every 30 seconds. Seriously. Yeah, no, I do like uh, when we first get introduced to Smuggy McDushington. Uh, he talks about how Riker's got got a got a real poker face, and Riker Riker gives him poker. Is that a game of some sort? <laughs> yeah, if I'd Which had to pick a quote, I might have gone with that one. But yeah, <laughs> that was pretty great. <laughs> Otherwise, I mean, the whole Troy falling in love thing. Pu, don't want it, don't want to no. see it. Just go away. And this shit will keep coming up. It will. And like, I, she falls in love with eight or nine other pasty white guys. Mm-hmm. And they're all very boring. Yep. Hello there, Counselor <laughs> it's, a pl- it's a pleasure to meet you, Miss Troy. Yes. Hi. Hello. What else? Oh, we Anything? also get the first appearance of Troy's love of chocolate. Yeah, which is a part of her, her character. defining character. Apparently. No, it's cute. She has a cute moment at the beginning where she's, she's arguing with the replicator. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I also I like, like... Oh, go ahead. I also like the uh, the three messages from her mother. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. If you play if you play Troy light, and if you mm-hmm. play her, you know, like sort of funny. Like mm-hmm. the, fir- the the teaser of this episode was actually she was actually really good. She's in mm-hmm. her quarters. Then Picard calls her to this function, and she's like, "Ugh, I don't want to go." And it's it's kind of cute. She's good at that off duty yeah. sort of you know exasperated stuff. It's but just falling in they, love stuff, not so much. They keep wanting to put her in a relationship, and or not even a relationship. They just want to hook her up with dudes. Yep, I and, think hooker is a good word, Matt. Yeah, uh, works really well. What else? I feel like we need to say Mendoza more. Oh yeah, Mendoza. <laughs> Anything else? Mendoza. <laughs> <laughs> Any further business beyond Mendoza? Uh, we got, uh, Ferengi pea blood. That was interesting. Oh, yeah. He was, he was trying to, 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 uh, poison Mendoza. Mendoza! And, uh, and so he took a sample of his blood and smeared it all over, and apparently it's urine colored. Yep. I think the doctor they brought was just highly inept, but <laughs> maybe not. All got right. your, uh, got your pee here, Damon. Here you no, go. this is, this is blood, clearly. Yes. I can't talk with these keys in my mouth. You're trying to trick us. Yeah. Everyone is always trying to trick the Ferengi. <laughs> that just lasers my whip. <laughs> All right, let's get out of this, Matt. All right, here's my quote. You know, if this doesn't work, the thought of spending the rest of my life in here is none too appealing. There is a bright side, Jordy. You will have me to talk to. That was, that was my quote. That was a pretty funny quote. Yeah, no, I like that scene. Yeah. All right. That, that is, thankfully, we can put this business behind us until we have to do the video wrap-up and then the, the the written summaries. Yep. So two more times we have to revisit this episode, but we're, we're at least we don't have to talk about it anymore. No, that's true. Pretty terrible. Pretty, pretty terrible. 
Yep. All right. Next week, our Irish pal will be joining us for episodes that I don't have the titles of right in front of me, but I know Gav will be here, so that will be yes. fun. We like that guy. Uh, and, oh, I keep forgetting to mention our app, which I will mention now. Oh, yeah. If you have uh, an iOS device, an iPhone or an iPad, you can go to the Apple Store, to the App Store, uh, iTunes, whatever the fuck they're calling it now. I don't know. I have all Mac stuff, and I don't. I can't keep track. That thing, you know it. Yes. It is, I, I think it's a buck ninety nine. It's not very much. And no, it's our entire uh, episode guide. I'm pretty guide. sure it's ninety nine. Yeah. And it's our entire episode guide, which is new material, not stuff we talked about on the show, but entirely new jokes, new yep. observations, reflections after a year of, of uh, you know, thinking about it and, and noodling it through of all the Kirk and Spock stuff, the original series, mm-hmm. the animated series, and all the movies. Yeah. You should check that out. It is, it, it's indexed so that you can look it up by episode title. You can keep track of what you've watched. You can listen instantly to new episodes. New episodes, when they post, will pop up immediately in the app. It's got a lot of great stuff. Our pal Bob really went all out and made a great yeah, app. Yeah, no, it's it's really pretty awesome, you and guys. And it's a lot of fun, and you should check it out. Very uh, proud to have our name attached to it. Yes, and uh, also, we don't get any money for that. It it no. pretty much goes into all like paying Bob for all the time that he put into it. This is yes. not a, This is not us raising funds. This is wanting to get our material in your hands and Bob's hard work in your hands and our jokes in mm-hmm. your brains because they're funny jokes. Yeah. All right. So that is all, Matt. Say your thing. Mendoza! <laughs> See you, folks. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham, copyright 2012. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.